Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. They run to the 16th pole. Polacco, the lead's only two. Dirt Road Red, a final last thrust on the outside. Polacco, Dirt Road Red, Polacco, Dirt Road Red, and a photo finish. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Joe with Vince Brune and Bill Downs, our track announcer. And looking forward to our second week. Two days of racing this week. May 13th and 14th, Mother's Day weekend. The Mother's Day buffet is sold out. So, but you can still bring out mom. Uh, as most everybody knows, the weather forecast is spectacular for clear skies, warm weather. Bring mom out and have her have a nice outdoor day at Emerald Downs this weekend. Nine races Saturday, 10 on Sunday. Vince Brune, our director of media relations, does our morning line. And I think you might have a little info for us from Sunday, Vince. We don't know much about that card yet. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty good. Saturday's card is outstanding, and I think anyone who, you know, was a little disappointed by opening week will be pleasantly surprised when they look at May 13th and 14th here. Really, not only not only bigger fields, but there's a couple really nice races on uh, on Saturday uh, yeah. ladder in the card. And uh, Bill helped me out a little bit on Sunday. Bill, that talking about that Sunday feature a few minutes ago for three-year-olds, and uh, that looked pretty competitive. Yeah, uh, there's a Santa Anita maiden winner, Calbred winner coming up. Uh, both, and then the favorites, both uh, trained by Lucarelli. And it was uh, tough kind of deciphering, uh, uh, you know, one we know already, the other one is just a, a new shooter and all that. So, but, uh, you know, Santa Anita maiden, uh, special weight winner, Calbred, is going to garner Crack a little money. bit of attention here. Uh, up in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Well, at the top of the show, we heard Palaco winning our opening day feature race, race six of seven. And and that was uh, a nice speedy effort in that horse's Emerald Downs debut. Kevin Radke aboard for trainer Jill Serrano holding off Dirt Road Red. Uh, Vince, some impressions from opening day. 
Yeah, and well, you mentioned Polacco. That horse is on a real heater right now. The only question for me was, you know, if the form would transfer over to dirt and going around the turn. Yeah, you could see the real display of speed there. But that said, the horse was fully extended uh, to get there. In fact, uh, watching the race live, I thought Dirt Road Red got up. Uh, but then uh, the photo clearly showed that uh, Polacco uh, got there. Uh, Kevin Radke, you mentioned, what a great start for him. Uh, three wins on a seven-race card for opening day. We had talked about um, Justin Evans coming in. He had a first and a second, so yeah. he was prominent right off the bat. Louis Negron, who we had on last, he won a couple races. So, uh, yeah, it was all in all a good day, a big crowd on hand, and a real festive atmosphere. Yeah, and Bill back in the announcer's booth at Emerald Downs. Uh, Bill, we had some short fields, so you didn't have a lot of names to memorize, but there were a lot of new names on opening day. And that's that's a good segue, because yeah. Louis Negron, I think, is going to be uh, at least top two in the jockey standings around here. I Just uh, just what I can see of his uh, riding ability, and you know, he's, he's, he's shown it other places as well. He's going to be riding for Justin Evans, and that's going to be huge. Yeah, that's gonna be huge because Evans is gonna it's gonna be the Justin Evans, uh, George Rosales, and then anyone else who could keep up numbers wise. There be might be other trainers that might have similar win percentages, you know, like a Blaine Wright or someone like that. Um, but I, I think those are the are gonna be the top two at the end of the year as well. Yeah, I was impressed the way Luis Negron sat the horse and his finishing, you know, style oh, yeah. as well. Looked good. As uh, he won a couple on opening day, he was beating that nose in the feature race aboard Dirt Road Red. Yeah, it was a really nice day. We had a big crowd, of course, the Kentucky Derby. First time Emerald Downs has opened on Kentucky Derby Day. And just a couple of minor 10, 12-minute 12, 12 uh, periods of light sprinkle. Didn't rain hard, so that worked out pretty good. And uh, we debuted those 10% takeouts on daily doubles and pick threes. So pass that around. Those uh, will catch on. But before we go too far, you mentioned the Kentucky Derby, and I think it's time me and Bill give it up for Joe Mage, yes. 15 to 1. Nicely done, sir. That is a great, great pick. Well, thank you. Uh, I bet him in the Florida Derby, and he looked like he was every bit as talented as Forte. I mean, you know, on that race, I mean, he ran a lot of extra ground. So I just came back with him at 15 to 1. Not bad. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it uh, broke a little Kentucky. 15, 15 to 1 in the Derby is 115 to 1 on a five <laughs> claimer. Although they're both great, but a little more prestige uh, picking the Derby winner every yeah, year. Yeah, I'll take it. Thank yeah. you. Um, we'll have some selections for you from Bill and I later in the show. And speaking of the show, we're going to have Kay Cooper on, trainer uh, here at Emerald Downs, of course, assistant to her father, Jim Penny, for all those decades and a a racing family, and Kay's going to join us, as well as John Lindley of Parker's. John got off to a good start on Emerald Downs races. Uh, four winners on the seven-race card. He gave out the late pick four on his uh, inexpensive ticket, and John is well-known in this area. Okay, some other things. Two-day race week this week, Mother's Day. Same with next week, May 20th and 21st. Then on Memorial Day weekend, we'll be open Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Monday racing, it's the great outdoor giveaway, the 27th, 28th, and 29th. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, first race, 2 p.m., June 3rd and 4th, Saturday, Sunday. And then our first Fab Friday is June 9th. Keep that date in mind. You get the T-shirt when you come into the track 
on Friday, June 9th. That's good for free admission on all subsequent Fridays of the meeting. So that'll be a Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday weekend as we get into June, not too far away. Uh, July 3rd tickets are on sale. July 3rd's on a Monday this year, fellas. So we'll be here that weekend. And uh, I think it's going to be a long weekend off for some people with uh, July 3rd on a Monday. You know, last year, the good weather didn't kick in until after July 3rd. That and, does happen. And we were trying here. to convince Bill at this time that it would come, but I think Bill's... He's, not, he's a little happier right now with a nice, balmy, 80-degree weather outside. Now, ask me after the races on Sunday if we got to get above 90 or around yeah. here. Or some, I, you know, I some of you guys don't have air is, conditioning. so It's, it's, it's not going to get that hot, I don't think, unless it's updated I again. Know. I, I saw 86 a little I, while ago. I, so. I go by AccuWeather, so, okay. and they say high of 91 for Auburn. So. I want the weather channel. So Yeah, the last few years, we've had too many 90-degree days around yeah. here, but uh, uh, we'll certainly... Um, like it as far as uh, outdoor activities at Emerald Downs. Okay, uh, we're going to have Dancing at the Downs on Saturday, May 20th. Okay, that's, uh, of course, next week. And it's the Prom Date Mixtape is the group. So 8 to 11, live music on the fifth floor. Gates open at 7 for that. That will be on Preakness Saturday, May 20th, after the races prom date mixtape you can get your tickets online you can also get your july 3rd tickets online as well here at emerald downs we do have a limited crowd on july 3rd it's it's uh there's a lot of tickets but we do cap it off we're not going to get any 14 or 15,000 like we used to for july 3rd but you'll get a great view wherever you are here at the track of that uh, fireworks spectacular all right, let's see what else. Uh, we'll have our first Where Are They Now story uh, played this weekend. We always play that before the first race. It's on Prodigious, who was a racehorse, and he's also, of course, the face of the Prodigious Fund, which all owners um, so gratefully contribute on starts, dollars per start, goes to the Prodigious Fund to help retired and rehome, uh, racehorse, rehomed racehorses. So the Prodigious Fund, and we'll look at Prodigious for our first Where Are They Now. We'll be uh, doing those throughout the season as well. Um, anything else on there? Oh, we will have a Marin Foal out for view on the track on Sunday. And uh, unfortunately, Conveyance passed away. I know Vince is aware of that. Uh, stallion at Paps Blue Ribbon Farm out in Buck Buckley. Uh, he did have three crops 23, 22, and 21. He bred mares there. He's the son of Indian Charlie, who was pretty well established back east, Vince. And uh, yeah, Debbie Paps, they're not exactly sure what he passed from. He did have a little kidney issue several months ago, but it doesn't seem to be that. So unfortunately, conveyance passed. But his, his colt, born on April 18th, just a couple few weeks ago, out of Finding More, a state champion, Mare and foal, finding more and her conveyance foal on the track. That's always a nice little addition to Mother's Day at Emerald Downs. Okay, well, uh, let's see. Anything else? We talked about opening day. Uh, we did have a few audio issues. Bill's booming voice wasn't uh, quite as audible in some spots, but we're working out the kinks 
from opening day. We did have a little sound issue in the TV room. So hopefully just be patient. We've got a lot more horses to watch and look at and a lot of attention paid on any issues from opening day. But uh, as you mentioned, I think a lot of people had a good time. Kentucky Derby Day racing, live racing back at Emerald Downs. Okay, we're going to take a timeout and we're going to come back with trainer Kay Cooper here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. A few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit a national gambling support line 800-522-4700. And Gazing takes dead aim at the leader with a final furlong to go. Jerry DeCarey's responding late as well. My heart goes on's at the rail. Grace Bay, Gazing is there. Jerry DeCarey gains with every stride. Jerry DeCarey in the final yards. Jerry DeCarey was a pretty well-known horse here at Emerald Downs. She was out of Kids Cooler, and Jerry Paxton raced her for a year and a half or so. But... Uh, Kay Cooper and owner Richard Caswell jumped in and claimed her for $15,000 as a four-year-old, and she immediately won three straight races after that for Kay and owner Caswell. And uh, Jerry DeCarey was good. She won six straight seasons here at Emerald Downs. I know you remember her well, Kay Cooper. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Kay. Uh, Jerry DeCarey, why did you go in and claim her off uh, Tom Wenzel and Jerry Paxton? You know, I had watched her train a couple times in the morning, and ironically, I watched her uh, work one time. And when I saw she was in for 15, and uh, uh, Mr. Caswell wanted a horse, and uh, I just felt it was, she had a lot of conditions left, I believe. And uh, I, I liked her. So he we reached in, claimed her, and it, it's history. Yeah. yeah. And she's a, a broodmare right now for Mr. Caswell in oh. uh, um, um, that's great out at I forget what stable she's out at right now, but she's a good girl. That is great. Yeah, you guys did really well with her. Uh, again, she won six straight seasons here, and uh, I did notice that uh, she had just won for twenty, and uh, Paxton dropped her down to fifteen. You know, he was so used to having multiple stakes winners among all his mares, he was. Uh, Willing to risk her, and you guys did really well. One of Thank many, you. Kay, the daughter of Jim Penny, who was in the original class of the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame. And Kay, of course, you did uh, so much daily work here through the decades. And, you know, those three Long Acres mile winners, of course, are the highlights. Here at Emerald Downs, five overall. Do you remember Silver Mallet back in 73? We do. You know, I do very well. You know, and he was one that Dad bought for 
Mr. Um, Hitchcock and the horse. Um, I don't remember him as well as the rest of them, but I know I was in the barn and worked with them. And a big, beautiful gray horse. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Came to Washington, won an allowance, won the governor's, went into the mile and won that. Larry Pierce aboard for your dad. Yes, yes. Uh, when we did that Hall of Fame story for your whole family as breeders, mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny that uh, you said, well, Jill and I didn't mind when September came around because when <laughs> school started, we got to sleep in a little bit. We didn't You're have to. You're right. Uh, yes. That was always a joke in the family because uh, Jill and I got to go home and we got to sleep in and everybody else was complaining because they had to get up early. Yeah, and so a lot of chores when uh, school was out, but uh, yes. you guys were always around horses, and you've done such a great job over the years at Homestretch Farm. Kay was our leading stakes trainer in 2021, and uh, hey, what's your stable like this year? Well, it's a little smaller um, than usual. We've only got five two-year-olds right now, and uh, they actually, I took them four of them home to the farm because they're just immature. Mm-hmm. So they needed some time off and I'm giving it to them now. So I have a uh, nice two year olds for the middle of the meet and to finish with. Excellent. So, but I, I like all of them. They're all different and uh, very happy with them. And they were, they were wanting to do more than what I knew physically they were capable of doing without hurting them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to end their, racing career by allowing them to go on and um, work, you know, for time because they weren't ready for it. Okay, uh, looking here, you got to guys have a pretty busy weekend, and I'm looking at race seven on Saturday. It's a tough allowance race uh, for three-year-olds and up, and this this one is a definitely a penny homebred all the way by Private Gold out of Arco Iris. Uh, Five-year-old gelding now called Ice Needs Whiskey. He's run three times, and he is really, really a nice horse, Kay. Well, we 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 thought so, and that's why we've taken our time with him. Unfortunately, he was injured last year, and he needed more time. And um, my dad always said, this Ice Needs Whiskey. So his nickname is JP, Jim Penny. And oh. uh, um, he is a nice horse. So hopefully he can show what we think he is on Saturday. I just worry about the heat for all of us and our our athletes also. So it is um, going to be hard. My whole stable and I think a lot of the local people, our horses, it's not that they're behind. We just didn't have enough time to get them racing fit. And that's why, unfortunately, a lot of us didn't get to uh, run horses the first weekend. We were excited to see that the racing started two weeks early but we didn't have that at the other end to get our horses racing fit. Okay, yeah, uh, you've got Ice Needs Whiskey in. He ran a couple of times in 2021, showed that big speed, and uh, yeah. in his only start last year, he ran quite well. So I'm sure you're excited to get him going out of Arco Iris, who was out of Rainbow Rider, and uh, another horse out of Arco Iris, fellas, NK, is mm-hmm. I Keep Saying who holds a North American record on dirt at six and a half furlongs set right here at Emerald Downs. And uh, we're seeing him out on the track now and then, Kay. Exactly. There's, uh, we've tried to make him into a riding pony, just, you know, to escort the horses to and from. Mm-hmm. There's a couple times that he's been in a position that maybe he thought he was going to come back as a racehorse, but 
No, he's our uh, our um, saddle pony. My sister rode him at the farm, and uh, she developed him there where he relaxed. And it took us years to do this because he is he's a grand looking horse still to this day. He loves this job. He loves being here. He loves doing things. And uh, it'll take us a couple years before maybe work in the afternoon. But uh, uh, obviously, his nickname is No No. That's all we know him by because he's always in trouble. Hmm. As a baby, he was like, no, don't do that. No, no, you know, <laughs> no, no. So everybody knows him as that, but he's quite a character. That's great. Yeah, we're going to do a retired racehorse story on I Keep Saying, who, again, still holds that North American record at six and a half furlongs set right here. You know, and he broke the record from Sabretooth that we had yep. also. And um, we were excited when that happened, and then it just meant more to us when I keep saying came back and broke Sabretooth's record because he was a homebred yep. by a local stallion out of a local mare. Born so it meant a lot more to us. Yeah. Uh, that Yeah, that's a real feather in your cap. Sabretooth and I keep saying born right up there at Homestretch Farm in Edgewood, just a couple miles uh, to the southwest of Emerald Downs. I keep saying, yeah. And uh, another related horse to you is going to get some eyes from the crowd on Sunday. Mother's Day is Sunday. And Finding More was in your barn here at Emerald Downs. And you won a couple really nice races with her. She was. And I just talked to Debbie um, Paps, actually, and she was um, always, which one do I bring down? And it is difficult. And I think give kudos to Debbie's team that brings them to emerald to show them and uh it's a lot of work you know a lot of work a lot of um bite your fingernails in a sense and uh worrisome but uh the people there they do a great job yes finding more uh was our state champion two-year-old filly in her career and she actually won uh washington bread she won it uh, Woodbine, I believe she broke her maiden there. Then she won at Churchill Downs. She won a stake at the fairgrounds right. before coming back to the Northwest. And right. She has a yearling by conveyance, and she also has just a newborn weanling born on April 18th. That's the the colt that's going to come out with Finding More on Sunday out on the track for a little extra special Mother's Day feature here at the track. So that is great. Um and uh, Bryson, I see Bryson with you out for training. Of course, he's been such a big part of your operation. He won the Derby and the Mile at Long Acres, the Mile on Theologist in 77. And uh, he's been uh, an outstanding Northwest jockey. Um, and he's ponied a lot of uh, your top horses through the years. And what's he doing right now? Well, he's been a major asset to our hard stable and he's not been able to do much the last couple of years because he contracted COVID in called long haulers of COVID mm-hmm. and um, this is hopefully the end of it. He unfortunately had to have his right hip replaced uh, less than a month ago so he's been hobbling around mm-hmm. but um, they are going to remove an upper lobe of his lung and hopefully that is the last abscess and they'll say he get, they say he'll be 80% improvement in his breathing capacity, which is big. And he's looking forward to that. 
not to the operation, but just to the end of all this. Yeah. So COVID, I think, is um, it was underrated. We had too many good people here at the track. Everybody knew, passed from it, and more family and friends. And he contracted it. Fortunately, he lived, but it's taken a toll on him also. Okay, well... It's good to see him out uh, every morning oh, with you. You bet. Absolutely. And he's picked out some pretty good horses uh, for you guys. Of course, the most famous flamethrowing Texan. He did his research there. For, <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. For the heists. And uh, that was one great horse in his career. Winner of the 06 Mile. One of five mile winners from Jim Penny Stable. And Kay, responsible for the daily training and the entire Emerald Downs era. Uh, real feather in, in your cap as well, Kay. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. you. Appreciate that. You bet. And uh, by the way, Kay, we're going to have a throwback the clock day at Emerald Downs, the week before the mile. So that'll be Sunday, August 6th. And we're going to do like 70s Long Acres theme for that day. We're oh gonna, my! We're going to have prices, and we're going to do some crazy things on the videos, and as well. So, uh, get some of your '70s bell bottoms out to wear that day, if you can. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. And we uh, had uh, um, oh years ago we had Dan Lewis and a bunch of our owners involved, and it was plaid pants. That's right. I remember that stable, yeah. and we lost our. We won with it. We had a great time, and. Uh, we actually celebrated with a big luau out at the farm, and um, Beth and Zach Korea, um, Zach being Hawaiian, we uh, dug the pit. We had the Kalua beef. Um, Paul Heist, who's a vegetarian, was right there cutting up the, <laughs> the pig. And uh, at the end, we ended up uh, digging. Well, the with the pit, we ended up. Everybody brought their plaid pants, and we burned them because it was the end of the plaid pants stable because we didn't have another horse. Okay. So I remember that. it's crazy. I'm sure all those people will come. I think Al Putz and uh, Murdoch McPherson used to wear plaid pants back they in the did. 70s. They did. That was the style in the 70s. Yeah. Absolutely. The white shoes, the white shirt, yeah. the white belt. That's right. And we all had it. And laughingly, um, somebody walking through the crowd going back to sit down to watch the horse run, somebody some lady said, what's with all these old plaid pants, you know? And uh, uh, we found them at the Goodwill, the Salvation Army, and, you know, we'd find a pair and we'd call somebody, hey, does somebody wear this size? So it, we all had a ball, you know? Even the, the groom had a pair of plaid pants and a white shirt on for us that day. And a few visits to the winner's circle with that group. Absolutely. Guys... That horse did. Yeah. That horse did until I think Vince Gibson claimed him. Well, yeah, win some, lose some. You guys have Absolutely. certainly won your share. And, hey, have a great meet. Uh, we'll see some of those uh, well-bred two-year-olds a little bit later on, but uh, you've right. got some great right. chances this weekend. Right, right. Good. Okay. Thank you. We've Th got a bunch running, so hopefully they'll do us proud. They will. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Kate. Thanks you much, bet. Kate. Ah, right. Take oh. care. Okay. Bye -bye. Kate Cooper joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And, uh, yeah, Kay had uh, some really good two-year-olds a couple of years ago. They've always been patient with everything. So we'll see those juveniles later. But uh, no two-year-old racing, really, till um, probably the middle of June or so. And, you know, Phil Ziegler, our president, he's experimenting with a uh, no-morning line day, which uh, 
Vince is our morning line maker, and, and Bill, you know, helps you out. I know quite a bit now and then. So, but you're still going to have to do the morning line for that day to give a reference point at the yeah. end of everything. Yeah, I was dismayed to hear that. I thought it was kind of a day off, but no, it's going <laughs> to... No, uh, that'll be interesting. So yeah. you have to do the morning yeah, line does. so it doesn't get published. Well, so or is I it guess, just for, for yeah. the put in the computer or whatever? Point, yeah, or and, a, no. and as a point of reference afterwards to see what our morning line, how the public decided to wager without a morning line compared to what a morning line would have been yeah. on it. So it's it's going to be used after the fact. I think everything in the in the all the sheets are going to say ninety nine yeah. to one on every horse because I think you have to put in something. You do, yeah. So, so it'll be a reference afterwards. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a Phil idea. We're gonna he's gonna make it happen. TVG's all excited about it. Apparently, yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm willing to try anything new. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's different. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna come back with John Lindley of Parkers. We're gonna have our uh, sports shorts our selections and trivia and that'll be segment number three here on horse racing northwest muckle shoot easy it doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from what you do is all at muckle shoot casino let it roll muckle shoot has the most games in the northwest Pick your favorite. I'm sure it's here. The fun never stops. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. GG rules up the inside second. Ted's Candy Girl stands side in third. And Cheater's Waltz is getting a little bit fatigued. And GG rules fires on through towards the inside. And it's GG rules and Ted's Candy Girl. GG rules. Give Kevin Rackey a hat trick. Back on Horse Racing Northwest, that was the seventh and final race at Emerald Downs last week, opening day, May 6th. GG Rules, Kevin Radke aboard for Bob Bean, came up the inside. One of uh, many, many newcomers. New names at Emerald Downs opening week and for the first several weeks probably. John Lindley of Parkers had that one on top for his fourth winner on the seven race card. John, nice work uh, picking GG Rules. How'd you come up with that one? Hey, John. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, and hi to Vince. Um, Hello. Hey, John. It's interesting, you know, how, how horse racing works is you, you make all your picks like you and I do and Vince does and everybody, and then you make all your bets, and then all of a sudden you get to the last race and you're alive and pick fours and pick fives and everything to one or two horses, and you're like, oh, wait, my whole day right here. And, um, you know, it, it was interesting in the last race, you GG Rules was only one of two horses that hit the board on the dirt in in their career. There were several horses coming from California and um, Turf Paradise, but a lot of them had either run on synthetic or turf, but their dirt record, they hadn't really done too much. So the only two horses that had hit the board on their dirt were GG Rules and um, I think it's Ted's Candy Girl. Okay. And then, and Gigi Rules seemed to be coming out of just a little tougher race. She ran against Colts last time, and it was an op- open maiden allowance company, and there was trouble in the stretch because the lead horse, who appeared like he was going to win by about eight open lengths, jumped on the inside rail there. So um, it just was a scenario where I think she kind of had some hidden form and faced tougher, and now she's in against easier, and her dirt form was a little more proven than some others. And you and I and Vince, when we're doing picks, know that um, we don't have too much to go on when they haven't run in a while but uh, luckily for um, 
uh, connections, Bob Bean, who claimed her actually uh, a race back, got a, his first win on opening day this year. He had a good finish last year too. John, do you think you're better early in the meet? I know you are. You do extensive trip notes that are, are available on the Emerald Downs website again this year, I assume, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but you know, you obviously watch Golden Gate and Turf Paradise, which seems to be the the two tracks you got to watch early on in the meet, and then you get the horses that are returning off the layoffs. So um, do, you, do you feel that you're stronger early in the meet or later in the meet, or you just you go roll with the punches, I, if you will? I guess I feel more lucky if I uh, have a day like opening day earlier in the meet than I would later in the year. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, as you mentioned, observation is a positive, a big plus in addition to one thing that is probably the only thing left that a lot of people aren't really you know, doing extensively, and that's pace handicapping. As, as uh, Joe um, is quite aware of, I very rarely pick a closer. And um, I think the advantage that I would have over others is I'm pretty good at guessing the pace and being aware. And I can't do that until some horses have run here. So um, as I mentioned to start, you know, I'm alive on all these roll-up bets to the last race, and I'm just kind of hoping, but it turned out okay for me. And, uh, you uh, were explaining as best you could with the limited time you have on, on our Race to Race broadcast on Saturday and Sunday, but Turf Paradise and Golden Gate, uh, those venues send so many horses to Emerald Downs, and you're leaning toward Turf Paradise horses if it's close the last couple of years. Give us that explanation. Yeah, I think last year we talked about that when you had me as a guest on your set, is there are a lot of Golden Gate horses that, for reasons unknown, just didn't seem to run to the form they had at Golden Gate, at least first out. So, And I had picked several of them, and it doesn't mean they didn't, you know, all of them didn't do that. That's not the case. A lot of them did well. But it just surprised me the percentage that did not run well. And I don't know if it's just that first back being on the dirt, and it's obviously completely different than synthetic or or not. Um, it's just, I couldn't find a reason for it, but it just seemed to me statistically, they just didn't do as well. So as we talked in the last race, one of the horses, um, Nomi Lockie had good form on synthetic, but it never raced on the dirt or mm. did once at, at Del Mar, which I don't know if you could count on, but, um, so I do tend to lean towards a proven dirt form and, uh, only because of my experience last year, it just didn't seem to carry over the golden gate horses as well. Now, don't be wrong. You get me wrong. There were several that I did pick that did okay, but um, I would lean towards Turf Paradise. The other thing about Turf Paradise is they have a pretty solid winter meet there because you always have horses from Santa Anita coming over a lot, and some of those fields are super strong. And there's invaders from the Midwest, and it's it, you know it does pretty well for a winter racetrack. And I think some of the fields are pretty competitive, as as everybody here knows, because we see emerald horses go down there and do well, but also some really good emerald horses be competitive and not able to beat some of the other horses that are in those races. John, I forgot to uh, look at the, your sheet at the end of the day and you had four winners and you were just talking about Golden Gate. I was wondering if you did have Polacco because that was a big, big speed horse, but shipping from the synthetic. So what were your thoughts on Polacco going in? Um, I ended up picking that horse second only because Mosquito Fleet had run so well at Emerald and had come out of a turf paradise race and my thoughts were similar probably everybody's like yeah he's gonna have the lead he did win sprinting at five and a half on the turf his dirt sprint maybe wasn't quite you know as good but 
um, you know, uh, I think Radke wrote, I'm not 100% sure, but he mm-hmm. did a really good job. If you just watched the first eighth of a mile, he didn't really ask the horse. And then Mosquito Fleet kind of came up the inside of him, and he got into the cloud just a little bit to open up there. And, you know, that was able to hold off Dirt Road Red right at the wire. But that first eighth of a mile, in a strange sort of way, might have been where the rider won that race because he wasn't real aggressive there and just kind of let him slowly get to the lead. Because we were going, I think it was six and a half there, um, you know, off that those routes um the price was definitely right in fact joe and i were commenting as they went into the gate he was two to one we're like yeah that's about right but then after mid-turn at seven to two we're like hmm yeah that we would have taken that yeah we both said to each other yeah oh man if we knew he was seven to two i think we would have bet that horse but uh yeah that's a nice claim by owner carter james for trainer jill serrano four straight wins for polacco two for carter james now one at golden gate and one here and 114 and three that that's up on the chalkboard i'm sure in the uh media room that uh that, that might last a few it weeks. might last a few but the just aesthetically i thought watching the horses go over the surface was was pretty nice uh, yeah yeah i know the times were fast but it looked to me like the horses were getting over it really good and it looked good too just looking at the the surface you know so maybe uh credit to our track crew there sure uh, having that job having that track ready just a little moisture in there. Uh, track was officially what? It was good, good one through three, okay. and then the switched uh, to fast for the last four, yeah. Very good. John Lindley's our guest from Parker's. That sheet, his tip sheet available for just two bucks, and uh, you did give him the, the pick four there on opening day, the late pick four, John. Even the pick five. The pick five as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. I missed that. What did that pay? Pick um, five paid two eleven eighty five. Yeah, nice work. and you know, again, as everybody knows, they're a kind of smaller field, and I think four favorites won, but um, still putting together a thing. And you had mentioned, and I'm sure everybody knows this, or if they don't by now, that 10% rolling pick three uh, takeout is such a positive thing, too, and I think I'll definitely be playing even more of those type of bets just because of that low takeout that they're offering this year. Yeah, and uh, Vince, you kind of lean toward the doubles a lot. Right? Doubles and pick threes are my favorite, okay. yeah, and... I, th- I think that thing's going to gain steam as the season goes along and more people are aware of it because you can't help but notice the, the, the healthier payoffs, you know, if you're betting those races, you know. and uh, Less than half of what it used to be. Yeah, and I've always been more, I, I like to, my handicapping, I like to figure out or try to figure out who's going to win more than who's going to run second, third, fourth, fifth, et cetera. So that plays right into my wheelhouse, doubles and pick threes. Yeah, and Bill is... Right in there as well with those, huh, Bill? Absolutely. I love the low takeouts and oh. the pick threes. Uh, you know, it's um, just going over Saturday's card, and there's some, you know, some couple sequences that I'm excited about, and you just got to get that that word out, let the horse players know, because even though plenty of people already know, I'm, I guarantee you, there's a lot of people that don't know right now. Yeah. Just you mm-hmm. know, got to tell them it's uh, th- these are the bets you got to take a look at oh. at, at Emerald Downs every single solitary day during this meet. That's right. And, uh, hey, I'm sure one or a few of us might be going to the Breeders' Cup this year at Santa Anita, November 3rd and 4th this fall. John, you usually go to the Breeders' Cup when it's on the West Coast, don't you? Yeah, I haven't missed, I don't think, hardly any. Um, It was interesting for me the first time I went to uh, Keeneland, this last Breeders' Cup, partly because... um, Flightline was running, and I got lucky. I saw Fernand and Ali Sheba, and 
Sunday silence and um, easy goer and AP Indy. And I've seen arrogant, you know, and I was like, well, this is my only chance to see him. But the last time I had gone to Churchill uh, in 91, I know Joe was there. I don't know about Vince or Bill, but it was freezing cold. And I never, I was like, I'm not coming back to Kentucky in November again. But this particular trip, I was like, well, flight lines on the menu and I'm hoping to uh, see him and um, Keeneland was great. I had not been there in 91, but Keeneland, as you guys may know, but if you've never been there, it's unbelievable. The whole town is about horse racing, not just Breeders' Cup, but their streets are named after horses. Every restaurant you go in, there's horse memorabilia. All the people know about all the horses everywhere you go, and it was a, a really fun trip. And of course, I uh, got to see Flightline there and um, this year, as you mentioned, at Santa Anita, which is a little easier, and we're pretty confident about the weather. But uh, there's a horse that uh, ran in Dubai named Equinox, who might be the, the flight line on the turf. He's a Japanese horse who recently ran. He's pointing towards Santa Anita, and um, he might be just as good. And uh, it'd be p- pretty cool to see him, and hopefully he'll make it to the races. And We'll get down to San Anito. Usually it's kind of like an Emerald Downs reunion. We see most of the people at Emerald at San Anito a month and a half later when it's a Breeders' Cup day. So I'm sure that a lot of people listening will be going also. Very good. Yeah. November 3rd and 4th. A lot to do at Emerald Downs. Uh, Ten races on Sunday, John, if you hadn't heard as of yet. So uh, a lot of handicapping to do between now and then. And again, Parker's available at program stands. You also uh, can get Parker's online, can't you, John? Yeah, just parkerspicks.com. And I usually have it finished the day before, usually mid, mid-morning, mid maybe late afternoon in some cases. And um, that's an easy way to get it also if you're not attending the races. But hopefully you'll make it out to the track because the weather's going to be great, as everybody knows, this weekend. And I didn't know there were 10 races, but I know we have nine on Saturday. So it'll be two, lots of opportunities to make some bets. Yeah, and uh, that is great. And the race notes are available at emeralddowns.com. Go to the racing section at emeralddowns.com, drop down to the race notes, and you can uh, get a a comment on virtually every horse's last race. Very, very infrequently do you skip a comment on a given horse, but uh, really good stuff. We've talked about that for years, and and those are well-known, so... Excellent job there. Thank you for that service. John Lindley joining us, and you can get John's picks. Uh, he'll be giving them away uh, with me on Saturday and Sunday as uh, Bill, myself, and John all make a selection before the race. But uh, if you want to get some suggested wagers, get uh, Parker's tip sheet as well. All right, John, thanks for joining us, uh, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks. thank you. Thanks again for having me on. I'll see you guys in a couple days. Mm-hmm. See you, John. John Bye. Lindley does a fantastic job. Uh, he's a great addition to our, our product. And a great guy. Yeah. A real solid person. And I think you and him are really great on set. I usually have that going in the background, following along during the day, and kind of keeps everyone up to date. And you you two guys are accurate scorekeepers, too, who never pat yourself on the yeah. back, which is nice. Yeah. So. For instance, I was 0 for 7 on Saturday, but, and he was 4 for 7. You know, as much as well, I admire... Had, I think you had 2, didn't you? Yes. Two. You, yeah. you know what, though? As much as I admire a 4 for 7, I th- I'd rather have picked the Kentucky Derby winner <laughs> at 15 to Hey, one. that that made it a you little know? bit hard, easier to, to go But with. between the two of you, that was a good yeah. opening week. Yeah. Well, thanks. Okay. Thanks to John. And... Uh, 
we're going to do with some sports shorts. Uh, first of all, the Emerald Racing Club, uh, you're in action this weekend. We are. We got uh, two horses currently, and we are both in on Sunday. Scatalicious, a three-year-old filly, runs in race three. Uh, that's a $25,000 claimer for three-year-old fillies. Non-winners of two races lifetime. And then going to race six, Warren's Memorable uh, is in an 8,000 claimer for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, which have never won three races lifetime. So I uh, haven't done the line on those two yet, um, but it's fun to be in action. Yeah. And uh, you were we did a podcast last week, Horse Racing Northwest, last Friday. Uh, you've had a few new members since then, and you can still join. Yeah, we still got people signing up. Had four or five join in the last couple of days. Uh, go to uh, the racing club at uh, emeralddowns.com or you can call me 253-288-7723 or uh, email me vinceb at emeralddowns.com and I will get right back to you. There it is. All right. And uh, no training day video this week. We are uh, doing this podcast on Thursday May 11th, of course, that's generally a Thursday is a training day, but we did have a technical problem with our camera this morning. We were all out there getting ready to go, but uh, the machine didn't cooperate today, so we'll pick that back up next week. Let's do some sports shorts, guys. Uh, let's, uh, Vince, how about you going first? I, I want to ask you before your individual sports short, why are the Kraken so much better this year than last year. Well, course, last year was their first year, but uh, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I, I've talked a little bit about it on the previous podcast, but you know they did improve forty points in the regular season, going from sixty to hundred points, which is equivalent of twenty more wins, which in any athletic endeavor is huge. I think most of all, um, it's uh, the, some great off-season acquisitions by uh, Ron Francis. I jotted down a few of them. Andre Burakovsky, unfortunately, he got hurt. He's my favorite player on the team. Oliver hmm. Bjorkstrand, who's been huge in the playoffs. Eli Tolvanen and Dan Sprong, these are guys I got for basically a cup of coffee off the of wire. They've both been 20-goal scorers. And a uh, full season of Matty Beneers. He came up late in the season last year after his college career ended at the University of Michigan. And he's been, as advertised, the number two overall draft pick. He's probably going to be the Calder winner. A terrific young talent uh, on as a forward. And then the goalie play. Martin Jones, uh, who many people thought his career was kind of washed up. Uh, he had a good renaissance and kind of helped out the first half of the year. And then Philip Grubauer, especially in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, he's... They gave him that big contract uh, two years ago, and he didn't live up to it, and he'd be the first to say it, but he's kind of pushed him over the top in the playoffs. As we talk, they're 2-2 with Dallas, uh, and uh, a win in this series would put him in the conference finals. Then a couple other things. Uh, the back end, uh, the top defenseman pairing of Vince Dunn and Adam Larson has been really good and really solid, and uh, you got to have that. And then even guys like Carson Soucy, Will Borgen, these are kind of no-name guys, but they've played solidly on the back end. They don't make mistakes. They make keep it simple, clear the zone, and, you know, let the forwards do their thing. And mainly what they are, they're just a pain in the rear end to play against. They just forecheck, 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 forecheck. They're on you every time, and uh, they just swamp you. That's kind of what Florida's been doing back east in Carolina. Very similar styles, a lot of speed, and that's kind of the modern NHL. And uh, Seattle is, uh, you know, I was the first to criticize them last year. I thought they had really blown it in the expansion draft. But Dave Haxtall and uh, Ron Francis seem to have a plan, and it's come together. Okay, so some new players. And, and Bill's an astute hockey observer as well, growing up around uh, 
Pittsburgh mostly back east. Well, yeah, Chicago. Oh, Chicago, the yes. Hawks. Yeah, and yeah. they got the first overall pick, which means they get Connor Bedard, who's yeah. the next big thing. Yeah, Chicago I know, Black but I, I divorced them many, many years ago when they wouldn't show home games in the local the TV Wirtz market. The Wirtz family, yeah. The Wirtz family. So I said they are the worst, and I uh, divorced them. And That's right. You're a Columbus fan. I am actually a Columbus fan. and uh, They got the third pick in a very deep draft coming up. Well, it better be because they never win the, the draft lottery. That's true. They uh, have had no luck in that draft Zippo, lottery. Zippo. These two guys and know then, their hockey. Yeah. And, then, and then they get the Blackhawks. You know they've been a stain in the NHL. With I know. I don't off, want to get into that. But, but yeah, but here of, they are winning the lottery. I'm like, I mean, and of course, it's a year that it's a really good, uh, good, yeah. good draft. And, and they that, blatantly but, tanked. Yes. You know to try to get it. And what, what can you say? Yes. I go back to um, Bobby Hall and uh, Stan Makita. Stan Makita. Yeah, yes. Bill so was a little guy, Bobby. wasn't he? McKee was. Yeah, he was a little bit, but he was a he was a yes. real slick center iceman for many many years. Okay. Uh, did okay. Did you have another sports? No, nope. That's okay, good. That's yeah. great. I know I'll Bill. I, Bill. I, Bill was on that computer doing some uh, okay. research for his sports short earlier today. When, well, when I was up there, I've I've gone to a couple Mariners games. They've both been losses. They are uh, not doing too great right now. Eighteen and nineteen. Um, they started horribly last year, but uh, this year it's 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 the starting pitching's been fine. It's been relief pitching and in their lack of hitting. Um, the only guys who are hitting worth a darn are France and Kalanick. You know, Julio has been in a, a weeks-long slump. He was uh, hitting a sophomore a, slump. Yeah, he was hitting 261 April 21st, and now he's hitting uh, a lovely uh, two, like, uh, he's like about 209 or something like that now. So he's been in a big slump. So when you're a superstar outfielder, um, is not doing that well, and then you combine it. You know, uh, Teoscar Hernandez is hitting 215. Uh, Suarez hitting 221 had a great chance uh, last night's game and a key uh, spot and couldn't get the job done. Uh, Raleigh's hitting 212. All these guys, this this is your lineup. I mean, you can go out maybe if you're in contention, go get one more bat, which yeah. I think they need because their designated hitter hasn't hit worth squat this year. Last in the majors. It, more than that, I'm sorry hmm. to interrupt, is is I think most of those guys you mentioned, I'm not too worried about who he is, just too good at talent, but they, they've they just got voids at second base and DH. Two automatic outs in their lineup every night. Well, they brought up a guy, Caballero, who's been... He's, he's been okay. He's been yeah. hitting uh, pretty good. You know, Crawford's Crawford. You know, he's not the... you know He's, he's a gamer. Awful. I'll give he's, him that you know, much. Yeah, but... You know, and then the you know the the relief staff where they were you know the one run games last year yeah. they just went seventh, eighth, ninth, and they right. had guys for that. You know, uh, both of the setup guys Munoz and and uh, Castillo have both been hurt this year, so it's just kind of like just tread tread water if you will. Don't get too far of a hole because they're lucky right now because the Astros are not doing that great. And you know we'll see how they you know they're going to win some games, but yeah. will, will they be the juggernaut? that they were, you know, the last few years. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. The Mariners go on a road trip, uh, Tigers, Red Sox, and the Braves. So tough. two of those three are, are not, uh, not the easiest spots in the world. Tough, yeah. yeah, so we'll see how they do in this, uh, up, this upcoming uh, road trip. Okay, and so you saw Texas play recently. Yes. I see they're in first place. They hit the ball, don't they, Texas? Yeah, they got they picked yeah. up DeGrom, right? Yeah, yes, but he's been he's, he's hurt in, as uh, usual. Yeah, but so why are they doing so well? <laughs> they they just they've got they're studs hitters. in their in okay. their batting order. Yeah, I th in fact I think they might be number one in runs scored in Major League Baseball right wow. now. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're hitting the ball right now, or the Mariners aren't. It's simple yeah. as that. Okay, Texas. Yeah, that's a turnaround from recent. It's years. funny that the Mariners have been playing the Rangers in town while the 
Kraken have been playing the Stars, oh, both the Dallas teams. Okay, my sport short is uh, Jennifer Nunnally won the first race of the meet with Vintage Kitten. And uh, she pointed out, I wasn't remembering, but she won the last race of last year's meet with Bo Rocks. She won the last race oh, on closing okay. day. So she had a little two-race winning streak. Yeah, that's good. That You wouldn't think that's ever been done before in Emerald Downs history. Do you think maybe it has? Um, it has. Okay. Three other times. Now, what was the parameters again? Winning the last race at one meet and then the first race at the next meet. Okay. I remember, remember a horse called Doc's Choice, a yeah. real nice kind of upper claimer. I remember him winning the closing race in 84, and then he won on opening day in okay. 85, but I, it wasn't the last and the first. Anyway, Jennifer was pretty happy, you know. She was leading trainer. And so, for what it's worth, Kay Cooper won with Attaboy Dougie, the last race of the meet in 17, and then she won with Of Good Cheer, the first race on opening day in 18. Okay. Jesse Velasquez won with Artist Gold, the last race of 07, and won with the... Lady Lion Eyes, first race of 08. And Larry Wolf, horse called Love You, won the last race of the 99 meet. And he won the first race of 2000 with Rio Niata. So Larry, There's some obscure Larry was probably points. smiling even more than normal after that. <laughs> yeah. he, he was, he, that guy was had a good attitude on, on life. He did. Okay. There's some sports shorts for you. How about uh, some selections? Uh, Vince is going to hold off from that. Bill, I'm going to go to uh, a maiden race on Saturday. All right. Race number five, it is. And it's pretty wide open. There is a horse called Withy in yes, there. Yes, the royally bred Withy. Yeah. You know, he, he's right in there with its cracking time. And Uncle Pete, they've all run against each other. That's a good race. The, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a maiden 25,000. But this two-horse reign of speed, who's eight to one on the morning line, um, and a lot of times, you know, Southern Cal shippers, when they go to a, a lesser venue, you know, I, I kind of don't look upon them favorably. But this horse, reign of speed, uh, started made in special weight, Santa Anita and Del Mar had... Uh, speed, like its name. Yeah, a couple couple encouraging races. Um, he went to Turf Paradise, was a huge favorite, and was kind of a flop there, and then... They ran him back, and a couple months later, and he ran really bad. So he's had a he's had a long layoff since January fifth. But boy, his training down at Phoenix and his one work at Emerald Downs have really been strong. So I'm gonna say uh, he's ready to run for Sergio Alvarez, Carlos Montalvo aboard. I think I'll go eight to one on that horse, Reign of Speed, number two in race five on Saturday. And that's five furlongs, right? Yeah, it's and just five furlongs. Being inside should help too with a speed and horse. He's been like close that. several times. Yeah. He looks like he's got a little speed. Bill? Six race. Okay. Uh, now we're into two lifetime. Phillies and Mears, eight claimers, five and a half. A lot of speed in the race. Um, the one, she makes sense. Uh, Lucinderella as well as my moon dancer all have got early speed i like the six munnings tail for charlie essex goes from turf to dirt uh goes from uh routes to sprints and the last two races both were turf races and she didn't hit the board in either one her last dirt race she won albeit uh, uh, a main optional claiming race at turf paradise going long but i think she gets a pretty good trip in here 
And you know she's going to be dead fit becoming off of those uh, turf route races. And, uh, you know, Camden High is respectable in here, who Vince made as the favorite at 2-1. to one. But Munning's Tale gets Alex Cruz, and Alex was aboard uh, this filly, or this mare now that she's uh, five, um, in her in her win, in her last dirt race. And so I'll go with Munning's Tale 4-1 to one in race six at Emerald on Saturday. Sounds good. What, yeah. What post was that? Uh, post number six. Number six, Munning's Tail, number six and the sixth. Okay. There's a couple of selections, and Bill and I's selections will be at emeralddowns.com. And let's finish it off with some trivia. I didn't get any uh, correct submissions, not from Russ, not from Michael, not from The usual Andy. suspects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most recent Northwest-based horse to run in the Kentucky Derby. And did you know that one? Does it go way back? No, not well. Yeah, it's twenty some years. Okay, now that Jum Run. Oh, of course, yeah. Jum Run ran four times in the month of October in his two-year-old year. Wow. He won by fifteen lengths in his career debut at Portland Meadows. They went up to Hastings, ran second in the stake, came back to Portland, won a stake, went back to Hastings, won the Ascot graduation. So he was 3-1-0 in the month of October, his first year of racing for Aziz Al-Sad. And the offers were out there. Everybody started offering money to buy him. He was for sale. Charlie Dunn bought him, uh, our leading owner in our inaugural season here at Emerald Downs. Charlie Dunn bought Jumron 1. He won the El Camino Real by nine lengths or something, just missed in the Santa Anita Derby and ran fourth in the Kentucky Derby. I got a quick story on that. Where remember the who trained uh, Jumron? Uh, well, Aziz Al Saad had him. Oh, after uh, he was purchased, it was wasn't it Charlie's guy? Um, no, uh, it was white-haired guy. Originally, it was a little guy named oh, no. Gary, Gary Lewis. Okay, at Santa Anita and Gary Lewis. Okay, yeah, and he was a real nice guy, but real quiet. And yeah, I don't want to use the word meek, but kind of you know. And he'd always wear blue jeans and a ball cap and. Uh, Willard Proctor was stable next to him, and when Gary was going back there, Willard presented him with this box with a suit and a tie, and I said, "You son, you can't go back to the Kentucky Derby looking like that." So, it was, <laughs> uh, you know, Willard was a hard boot, and it was a real classy thing. And uh, and it, you said it that was a tough Derby, and that horse almost got there. He was a fourth coming on really well. Jumron, owned by Charlie Dunn. That was a memorable day. That was the last race he ever ran. He had a little ding coming out of there. Um, of course, he sired Jumron 1, who won seven stakes at Emerald Downs at ages 2 and 3 for Bud Clock's dad. Uh, he did, wasn't a great sire, but he sure had a good one in his first crop, Jumron 1. Okay, no answers on that. Our new question, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. It's uh, who is the only Emerald Downs season-leading stakes jockey who wasn't based here? Wasn't based at Emerald Downs, but he was our leading season stakes jockey in one year at Emerald Downs. So send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. And good stuff, fellas, on the show. Thanks to Kay Cooper, John Lindley, our guest. Racing this Saturday and Sunday, first race at 2 p.m. at Emerald Downs. This is Horse Racing Northwest.